Gunter Lieben Glocken Glopen. All right. I got something to say. Better to burn out than fade away. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, it is episode number 22. It is the second full week of September. Wow. Um, I mentioned earlier, if you are new, if this is the first time you're listening to the show give it three weeks you'll be hooked um just like everybody else in fast brackets nation uh, but now for now nice job to all of you out there that are currently in the nation you guys have this thing rolling do not stop now keep it up continue giving feedback what drivers you want to hear from, what manufacturers and topics you want to touch base on. Keep this thing moving. It is going in the right direction, and I like it. Um, All right, guys, girls, today is an absolutely must-listen episode. We have two incredible guests on. The first is Danny Nelson. He's a chassis maker and a super hot driver on the top dragster side, um, maybe one of the best going right now. And then also we have Lynn Ellison, your 2017 top dragster world champ, and they're both guaranteed to be incredible. Um, But before we get at it today, um, if you're on Twitter, follow us at Fast Brackets. And if you're on Facebook, follow the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook. Do that. Um, you know, you can hit the Facebook page or the Twitter account to get your Fast Brackets Nation gear. They have uh, the softest t-shirts around, decals for your car, toolbox, etc. cetera. Uh, but most importantly, keep it up. Your messages, your thoughts are great stuff. Um, they're, they're great. They keep this thing going and um, keep it up. Now, uh, mow the yard, make your commute, clean the shop, load into the rig for that haul to the track, but essentially get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put them in the water box. And guys, girls, as um, of today, as we're recording this show, it is September 11th. Uh, we'll release it today as well. And 18 years ago today, our lives were changed forever. Um, The Twin Towers were bombed, killing 3,000-plus people. Um, If you're old enough to remember that, you you will never forget that day. Um, If you weren't old enough and you don't have much recollection of that day, count your blessings. It was brutal. It was awful. It was a terrible, terrible day for this nation. And today every year it brings back those haunting memories and quite frankly it uh, 
it resolves me to love the U.S. just a little bit more um, every time this year. Um, we are very lucky to live in the United States. I mean, it is the greatest country ever created. It's not close. Um, it is not perfect, but it is without question. Uh, it's the greatest economic experiment ever created. Um, so get your dirty paws off it, Bernie Sanders. Um, nowhere on this earth are you more available um, or allowed to make your own way, make your own fortune, and create your own belief system than in the United States? Exhibit A, we have more racetracks than any other countries, all the other countries combined. Bam, that is winning in my book. Um, capitalism in itself has created more wealth than any other economic system ever in the history of time, and that is a fact. Uh, when the Bahamas get uh, tortured with those awful tornadoes, they don't call Finland. They call the U.S. That's where the capital is, um, and it, capitalism has created that, and that has allowed us to be generous with our funds. Um, but the fact of the matter is people are always jealous of the best. They try to knock them down, bring them to your level. We we hear it all the time, um, and when great racers are on, they know that they get everybody's best shot. Now, within the racing world, that's okay. That's allowed. Um, in the rest of the world, what people do is they, they do dirty things like bomb towers and um, key cars, and they, they do vandalism and do that type of thing, but... We get it here at Fast Brackets Nation. You can never bring the best down. The best always get back up and fight harder. That's how we're built. That is our MO. You can you can attack us, but we're going to get back up and we're going to be stronger. Um, this Today's a rough day. It just is. Um, so if you're a religious person, say a prayer for all those who have lost someone special to them. Say a prayer for our nation, which lost a little bit of our soul that day. Uh, but mostly, say a prayer that the best will continue to be the best. Um, never forget and never forget what makes us great. All right, let's put it in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. Our guest today is a multi-time big dollar bracket race winner. He is a three-time top dragster national event winner. He is a part of the rules committee of the Midwest Pro Mod Series. He is also the owner and founder of Racecraft Chassis, and he is super hot. He's won two out of the last three top dragster races and a semifinal in between at the U.S. Nationals. Welcome to the show from Batesville, Arkansas, Danny Nelson. Danny, how are you? Doing great. Doing great, Rex. Hey, thanks so much for coming on today. I've had a lot of requests for you to come on, and so uh, excited to uh, finally have you here and talk a little bit of, a little bit of racing. Um, but uh, maybe for our guest's sake, or our listener's sake, I should say, do um, you want to take us back and tell us a little bit about how you got started in this sport? Uh, well, I mean, it goes back to... Uh, over 50 years ago, uh, my dad took me to a small racetrack here, 25 minutes from, from where we live or where I live. And uh, uh, I kind of got the bug and uh, uh, just kind of uh, exploded from there, I guess you'd say. Uh, in the 
1976, my dad was killed in a car wreck. So, uh, and I had, uh, I got my first race car in about 72 or three, uh, per se race car. Back then it was a race car. Now it would be just a kind of a high performance street car, if even that. But, uh, you know, in the early eighties, uh, started racing uh, a lot of the big bracket races and things and, and, um, uh, done done fairly well uh and had real good 90s were was real good racing and then of course in 87 we started building uh started building dragsters and uh, uh, uh just kind of escalated from there uh the uh five years ago i decided to start doing some top dragster stuff and and uh, that's worked out pretty good uh, uh top 10 finish in the world two years ago and top 20 every year that I've been there so far and then we're in pretty good shape this year still got three races to go so uh, uh, you know got a shot at it but I got to win the next round to have a shot at anything <laughs> so yeah uh, well, well you're a pretty yeah. understated guy when you say it's it's gone pretty well I mean you've had uh, um, for by all accounts I mean your chassis are everywhere and um, you know first class uh top of the line dragsters that everybody wants to get their hands on um so you know happy to uh toot your horn just a little bit but uh what you've done yeah. in the last couple of races is nothing short of phenomenal um, right yeah um, well, i had had good runs when i needed them and and not so good runs when i didn't need them luckily you know and it's <laughs> it's just uh, uh i mean anyone can tell you it's basically how you get on the ladder you know it's not uh you know in this in top dragster it's Sure, it's bracket racing, but it's uh, it's a lot, lot different uh, than what we've been used to bracket racing and what even bracket racing is now. You know, because you've got one shot at a, you know, and like at Indianapolis, you know, they were, the, we were there seven days, you know, and uh, three qualifying runs and then two days to do nothing before first round. And uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, that's a little bit different. You know, that's one of the scenarios that's different from bracket racing the way we do it now at the big bucks stuff and you know, because you've got normally there, you've got three days of racing. You know, so you got three shots at at making money. You know, right, uh, right. And with this deal, you can't, uh, or I don't. Anyhow, I don't set up real tight on a lot of people, and then there's some people that you know I'll set up tighter on. But uh, it's uh, it's just a lot. Uh, it's the same, but it's different. Uh, that's really the only way I know to explain it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> two hundred, two hundred thirty, two hundred forty miles an hour. You know, ripping the throttle hitting the brake pedal which you don't do that very often at all but uh it's it's uh everything happens pretty fast <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing right um the speeds that you're doing at now back in 87 when you built your first dragster did you ever think you were going to be bracket racing at 230 miles an hour no no <laughs> no and uh it's kind of a funny story in the mid 90s uh i had uh uh when we were going to to the uh, Florida Winter Series, you know, every year in November for three weeks. I had sold my car, and uh, uh, Ron Folk and Nick and Brian, they all had my cars, and uh, uh, I called them, and I said, uh, you know, I know you all got all your cars there, and uh, uh, at West Palm, you can only race one car. I was wondering if I could come down and drive one of them, and of course, they said, yeah, come on. So I fly to Florida, fly to West Palm Beach, and the first time running that thing, it goes 770, uh, you know, 180, 170 something. I don't remember now, but, 
I came back and my hands were just shaking. I mean, I was scared <laughs> to death. <laughs> you know, and I told him, I said, "You guys are freaking crazy. You know, how can you go this fast bracket races?" <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, now Ron, Ron makes a big story of that every time we get around talking and and things, you know. And he'll he'll tell people, you know, how scared I was, and now I'm going 240 miles an hour, you know, every weekend, and uh, uh, you know, and ripping the throttle and doing all kinds of stuff. So right, yeah, that's a that's kind of a funny story. Right, yeah, and uh, maybe for our listeners, walk walk us through your setup now. What's your combo like? Because uh, you're you're doing six ten with ease whenever you want. And uh, right. what's what's your combo look like now? Uh, it, it's a it's a five forty Brodex motor, all Brodex components, uh, built by Tim Brandon in Kentucky. Uh, APD fuel system, uh, Vortex supercharger, which I absolutely love. I, had the others and went to this two years ago and it's uh it's just been indestructible i mean we've we've uh uh you know this is the second season that we've ran this deal and and uh with this vortex and it's it's been really really good and then of course we've got fti transmission converter stuff you know couldn't do couldn't do this stuff without greg and and troy and all the guys at fti and uh, uh you know we we were making so much power last year when it was six flat that, uh, uh, I mean, I could go five eighties at any time, you know, well, we could kind of pull that back with timing and, and things like that to keep from going that fast. But the six ten deal, that's, uh, Troy and I had gotten together and, and he said, we need to do a, a high gear only deal. Cause I was last year, I was shifting it early to go six flat, you know, and oh. it's, that's hard on the, hard on the clutches. So we went to a high gear only deal and it, it, it works real well. I've been six Oh four at two forty two in high gear, you know, uh, and I mean, it still goes 102, 103, 60 foot, you know, depending on the heat and things. Uh, so it's, it's still fairly quick in 60, but, uh, uh, about, uh, you know, hundred foot out, it really starts pulling. I mean, been 194 to the eighth mile in high gear. So wow. it's, uh, it's just got some same once it gets to rolling, you know? Yeah. But, Maybe a uh, little more consistent too, because you don't have a shift in there. Well, no, yeah, probably, you know, uh, we just, the biggest, the biggest thing that's really turned this thing around this year and I've played with it, this combination, uh, well with, you know, before with the pro charger and now with the Vortec is, is, uh, you know, just a lot of small things we've done. And I think we've got it really well. I mean, at Bowling Green, from Bowling Green to Norwalk, uh, the car went six twelve to six fourteen ever run in three races in a period of, you know, three weekends. So that's just, that's just really unbelievable, you know, uh, no but, uh, the, um, uh, you know, just a lot of small things. We've got the new pro boost fuel system from APD. That's really, really helped. Uh, fuel distribution's great. All the AGTs are staying, staying real good. And, and I think that's, uh, that's helped a lot, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, on top of uh, just killing it here this in the last month or so, and then running your chassis business, you have also gotten involved with the Midwest Pro Mod series, um, yes. and and are heavily involved with the rules making of the top dragster and the top sportsman classes. There, um, you want to tell us how you got involved with that? And well, well Keith Keith Haney and I have been friends for years, uh, just through racing. I mean, he used to be a bracket racer, you know, a little peon like us but uh you know <laughs> the uh 
uh, really great guy, and, and I've been on him for a couple of years to let Todd Rasher and Todd Sportsman run, uh, and uh, you know, with their series because it's it's fairly local to to a lot of the racers in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, or uh, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, uh, Kansas, surrounding areas, and and uh, it's worked out really well. And as far as me being a part of it, I'm really not. I just kind of give Keith my input of you know what I think and. And, you know, we've made some changes this year and, and everything. So, uh, you know, most of the people like the changes. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, just trying to get a, a, a bigger car count, some faster cars, you know. Uh, and and we've uh, the last few races have been, we've had a full field, uh, not the fastest fields, but I think that will come, you know, in years to come where I work and, and uh, earlier in the year, I got a few contingency sponsors. I think we ended up with like 10 yep. contingency sponsors. But we did, I didn't get started on that until February. And, and really to do that, we need to uh, need to start on that before uh, uh, before the PRI show, you know, yes. because that's where most of the people make their commitments for the following year. So uh, that's kind of our goal this year. Uh, uh, Ellen Ashbacher is uh, going to work with her uh, uh before the POI and, uh, uh, you know, try to get something going on, getting some contingency sponsorship, some more contingency sponsorship for us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that'll, that'll really help, you know, uh, but you know, the format's really good. Uh, you know, we had some, not really problems, but couldn't get full fields early. And, and because we tried to stay with the NHRA, strictly the NHRA rules, you know, uh, which, which are great if you've got fast cars, but, you know, if we're going to let cars that are 450 and to 499 in, you know, we had to do something with the, with the rules because they're not going to, you know, and mainly the, the, the 450 and slower cars are locals from the tracks where we're at, you know, sure. so they're not going to spend the money for a Hans device and a 15 suit all that stuff to run one race during the year. I mean, they're just not going to do it. I don't right. blame them. I wouldn't do it either. You know, so that's, you know, we came up with the, with the rule to you know, 449 and faster is, uh, uh, you know, you have to have all the, uh, top dragster safety equipment and, and equipment on the car, you know, and then 450 to 499 is basically like super comp or just strictly, you know, Rocket racing, mm-hmm. you know, but if they go faster than 450, then they have to have an advanced ET license, which uh, advanced ET or top dragster, it's the same same scenario, uh, and uh, so that I think that's really going to help us a lot. You know, it'll get some, it'll get some of the local local cars in, you know, faster local cars, and uh, you know, I, I think that's going to help the series a lot. And next year, we're looking forward to, to ramping up the. Uh, uh, the championship uh, this year, it's it's uh, twenty five hundred to win a championship, a thousand per second, you know. Uh, but uh, and and uh, uh, race star wheels has backed us on that part of it, so that that helped us, you know, helped us a little bit there. And and I'm uh, as of today, I'm leading the that points championship, and uh, we still have we have Memphis this weekend, and then uh, uh, the throwdown in T Town and Tulsa. Uh, October twelfth and thirteenth will be the final race. So yes. there's actually there's there's five or six of us that are within a hundred points of of uh, of each other. So and it's a hundred and thirty points total per race. So you know there's there's actually four or five people that can win a championship. You know. 
Yeah, and for but, the uh, for the first year that they've rolled this out, I think the I mean it's an overwhelming success. And yeah. we've had, I mean, really high quality cars that have showed up for both classes. And like you said, going down to the to the end, there's a handful of guys, any of uh, girls that they could make a run at this thing. And um, right. you know, for the first year, I don't know if you could ask for much more. Right. No, it's it's uh, Keith, Keith, and uh, and the rules committee from Midwest Pro Mod. They're they're well satisfied with the showing that we've had this year because it's it's actually picked up every race, you know, and. And I've had numerous people that, you know, say, you know, we're going to run the whole series next year. You know, people that yeah. just came to one or two of them, you know, because they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't planning on running the whole series. So, right. you know, and, and, it, and it's, a, it's a smaller series. I mean, it's seven races total for the year. Now, next year, you know, hopefully it'll be 10, something like that, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, it's fairly local for most people within, you know, people that are going to make the whole all the series, you know, it's just, I'm going to guess within 500 miles for everybody, you know, to the father's track away. I mean, I'm yeah. in Arkansas. I'm not close to anything, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mean, uh, Tulsa's 350 miles, Dallas is 450 miles. Uh, you know, of course, Memphis is, Memphis is 120 miles. That's my closest, closest track, gotcha. you know, and we we're there this weekend. So, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Uh, We've also got a deal this weekend at Memphis that is the uh, uh, open outlaw cars, uh, basically top sportsman, top dragster set up, but you can run, there's no rules, you can run whatever, <laughs> you know, nitro, methane, whatever you want to run. You All know? right. Uh, so uh, that, that'll be pretty cool. Uh, uh, Philip Oakley, one of, uh, you know, one of our NHRA top dragster guys, uh, went to a race in London, Kentucky last weekend and ran that, won it, you know. Yep. I think he went and he was going four seventies, you know, it's a eight mile deal. So, but that, that'll be fine also, you know? Yeah. He, no, Phil's, Phil's got that thing rolling and, uh, yeah, yeah. And for sure. And I, yeah, I, I think I said four seventies, I'm at three seventies. Agreed. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Now that's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. your, your rest of your season then is Memphis this weekend. Obviously you've, you're in the hunt for the Midwest pro mod series, uh, championship. You've, you've made, uh, just a, fantastic run here on the nhra side as well uh walk us through your schedule for the rest of the year now well we've got uh let's say memphis this weekend and then two weeks is i'm going to uh, uh the plan is to go to columbus to columbus for the nhra sports nationals that'll be my last national event claim yep. and then i have two divisional claims so i'm going to uh, st louis will be one of my claims uh, and that's also a, a D3 race, which I'm playing points in D3. And, uh, right now we're setting forth in, in division points. With, with six races gone, we've still got two to go, but but we've actually, we're actually only claiming four races because I only have two in-division races. Okay. So St. Louis will be my last in-division race, so I have to take it. I mean, if I lose first round, I'm not going to do any good in the division. You know, I mean, I'll still finish in top 10 or whatever, but uh, you know, really have no shot at, at winning unless I do good at St. Louis because I'm better in like a second or third round loss out of division. Okay. Uh, you know, this is my first couple of wins this year, but, uh, you know, we went several rounds, a couple of semifinals and, you know, three or four, you know, third round losses. And, and uh, so we're, we're actually like a third round loss is 51 points. Well, if we win the race, we get 95. So we're better in a 51. So actually we're only gaining 44 points 
Yeah. You know, so that's uh, at the end of the year, it's it's real tight. I mean, anybody in the top probably 12, 13, 14 cars can, can win the championship. You know, uh, you just got to, you know, people ask me, said, you know, well, you're going to, you're going to, you know, try to win the championship. I said, no, I'm going to try to win the next round. You know, <laughs> that's I mean, right. And that, that's, that's right. the way you have to look at it. You know, if I don't win the next round, no, I'm probably not going to win a championship. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's exactly but, uh, right. You know, you have to win it one round at a time. Uh, a good friend of mine that was a, a division champion last year, he said, he said, I'm going to make a run at the world championship this year. And I said, yeah, you and 600 other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the truth. It's at the, the end truth. of the year. It, I mean, I was to the point when we went to Bowling Green, I told my wife if I didn't do any good at Bowling Green or Indy that I wasn't going to Norwalk because I wouldn't have a shot at the championship, you know. And, of course, then when I won Bowling Green and somehow at Indy, then that made it, you know, more feasible to go. That put me up, you know, where I could make the top ten pretty easy, you know. But, uh, you know, and that was, that was my goal is, is you know, uh, of course, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. But, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, a long shot, you know, for everybody, especially when you start the year. You know, uh, several races this year we had, you know, my opponent had 12, 13,000 packages. This is actually three races I can think of in the late rounds, you know, and they beat me. And, uh, uh, you know, and then the next round they were, you know, 40 to 70 on the tree, you know, right, uh, right. which would have been a, a fairly easy round to win, but, you know, they weren't. So, you know, when you get beside, uh, uh, you know, it's not always what you do is what your opponent does. You just got to be better than your opponent. Of course, everyone that races knows that. Uh, but getting that done sometimes is hard. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Well, yeah. Danny, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate you and uh, wish you well the rest of the season. Um, we're going to be following you, obviously. Um, uh, congrats on your recent success and just, uh, you know, overall, thanks for everything you've done for the sport. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and good luck the rest of the way out. You bet. Thanks for the opportunity. It's uh, uh, this deal that you're doing is great for the sportsman racers and uh uh you know hopefully it uh, lasts for a long time any uh any publicity that we can get you know through helps in product sponsorships uh you know all and on so it's really a really great thing and we appreciate you doing this yep no no worries uh me me too um <laughs> that was that was the legend uh danny nelson ladies and gentlemen Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. Um, it is brought to you by Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com, like it always is. You know by now that if you need someone you can trust, someone who is like you, a drag racer, and has the legal expertise you need, he has it. You have to go talk to him and get your issue resolved. All right, let's get to it. Uh, let's start at the national event um, by Anchore that was originally uh, postponed in Norwalk and try to wrap this thing up um, on. So it was a little bit odd. It was a Thursday, Friday show this week, and it was without the pros, even though it was a national event. So um, the, the whole thing, I think, had an odd feel. And um, But then we had some you know, very familiar names do what they do. So on the top sportsman side, Brian LaFlam from Gilbert, Arizona, takes his 67 Mustang to the top. He goes 6-16 with a 9 for the number one spot. Then there were 18 cars qualifying for top sportsman. 
Obviously, we know there's a 32-car field, um, but the bump was 7.06. So they went at it. No one backed down. They all got nice and let it rip. Uh, the winner, ultimately, um, hoisting the Wally was Chris Osborne from Oakland, Michigan, in his uh, 2000 Camaro. Uh, Chris is um, he in the final, defeats Sandy Wilkins. Uh, Sandy breaks out. Um, and uh, gives Chris the win. Chris, Chris had a really nice pass. He's 27 on the tree, one above eight for the win, but uh, Sandy breaks out. Uh, so congrats to Chris Osborne. And I just want to, again, make note of the 706 bump spot for top sportsmen there. Um, because on the top dragster side, your number one qualifier, um, and we talked to him with him earlier, was Danny Nelson. Um he goes 6'10 with a 1. In, incredible, really, that he's able to dial that dude right um, so so well. There were 22 dragsters on the property, and the bump was 757. So it's rare that the top sport or the top dragster bump is uh, slower than the top sportsman. And like I said, um, props to the top sportsman guys for getting after it. Um, they none of them said, hey, let's. Let's back this thing down since there are enough cars there. So good work, both classes there. And then Danny goes from the pole position to the winner's circle. Um, he he is 007 in the final um, and and does just a gorgeous job of driving against Tyson Fabish. Um, Tyson had a nice package, but it wasn't enough uh, to beat to beat Danny. I mean, it was just a beautiful job of driving. He, a uh, 007 and Roden's a couple above. Uh, Tyson is 40 on the tree and then goes dead nine, but uh, Danny just snuck it in there and uh, nice work for him. That is two out of the last three for him. You heard him earlier and that moves him up in the point standings. Uh, nicely done to all those who finished things up in Norwalk. Um, now let's go to the division five event in Earlville um, on the top sportsman side. Your number one qualifier was Alan Firestone. He's got a 16 Camaro that is absolute beautiful. And uh, that he goes 646 with a one at 212 miles an hour. There were 27 cars there. There were the bump was a 761, but the top 16 were all in the sixes. So I mean, a really nice field out there in Earlville and a beautiful facility. Um, the top 16 of those um, top sportsman cars were all in the sixes. So nicely done there. Um, on the top dragster side, your number one qualifier. We've had him on the show before. JB Strasweg. He goes number one. Um, with a 610 with a 4 at 270 miles an hour in his nitrous car. So congrats to JB. That's his first time being the number one qualifier. Nicely done there, my man. And in a nitrous car to boot, we've heard all about the Pro Chargers and the Vortexes and the Supercharge. I mean, I thought we lived in a Supercharged world, uh, but JB says, nah, nah, I am bringing the NOS back up there and getting that done. Um, there were 25 cars there for Top Dragster. It was not an exciting bump. Um, but ultimately, that whole event got called after round three. Um, so they will complete that during the um, event at Great Bend, Kansas on uh, September 20th through 22nd. So uh, stay tuned for the winners of that event. Now going back east, 
Um, your Division One event at New England Dragway in Epping, New Hampshire. Your number one qualifier and top sportsman, Cedric uh, Beluo. Um, he is from La Etchemin, uh, Quebec. I don't know where that's at. I, I know that it's uh, north of the border, and he brings a 92 LeBaron down for the number one qualifying spot. So nicely done, Cedric. Um, brings a LeBaron from Canada and goes number one, 624.7 at 234 miles an hour. Um, wow. Super, super job by Cedric. Um, and there were 37 cars there for those 32 spots. The bump was 740. Again, there's 16 cars in the sixes here. So, um, man, that is becoming the standard. Um, and the winner was Nick Nicholas Maloney over Daniel Christopher. Um, Nick is... Uh, 007 on the tree. He's um, two over um, and beats Daniel, who was um, 27 on the tree and and one above seven. So a great race there. Um, Nick was runner-up there in 2016, so he's very, very comfortable at Epping. Nicely done to Nicholas Maloney on the top sportsman side. Uh, top dragster saw Frank Zephyro go number one, uh, 614 with the three at 228 miles an hour. Um, there were 32 cars there, so everybody kind of dialed that thing back a little bit. The bump was 771. And your winner, Al Kenny over Val Di Genova. Val goes red, giving Al Kenny the win, and uh, that moves him up in the point standings um, there. So congrats to Al Kenny. Um, other items of note, the PDRA event in Galat was canceled due to Hurricane Dorian. They just do not have a schedule where they can sneak that in. Um, so that will change up and, and move the PDRA points around just a little bit because no one was able to get any or move around there. Um, but uh, now let's do this. Let's go to the Division One NHRA um, Divisional, and let's talk about points. There are seven events in that divisional. Six are complete. Um, the last remaining event is at Virginia Motorsports Park on October 4th through the 6th. And in Division One, competing for that championship, there are 60 competitors in top sportsmen. Your number one uh, points leader right now is Jeff Brooks. Uh, he has 240 points. Uh, Ronnie Proctor is sitting number two at uh, 238. Frederick Perkins is number three at 229, um, but he's graded out at this point, so um, I don't believe he'll be able to improve that. Um, Brian Connery is fourth, uh, 217 points, and then your fifth place uh, competitor is Ron Regal at 205. But it looks like Jeff Brooks and Ronnie Proctor um, are going to duke it out here in this last event to to see who the Division One champion will be. Both of those guys obviously have um, won at a high level before Ronnie being your national champion last year, and so it's going to get good down the stretch here. Um, and on the top dragster side, we have a similar shakedown. Uh, there were there are 76 competitors that have entered thus far this season. Your number one points leader right now is Alden Miller. He has 314 points. Jeff Taylor sits number two at 302. Um, Al Kenny, who we just talked about, um, who won at New England last week, has 259 points. Um, David Petrovsky has 249 points. And then Brian Corey is 248. So 
while there could be a move from Al Kenny, David Petrosky, or Brian Corey, it appears right now that Alden Miller and Jeff Taylor will be the ones fighting for that Division One championship. Congrats, and go get them to all those guys. Uh, next week, we will give you results from the NHRA Division Five event in Woodburn, Oregon. We will give you um, results from the Midwest Pro Mod Series in Memphis and the Outlaw Top Dragster and the Outlaw Top Sportsman Division there. And we will get continue to get you caught up on all the point standings um, in NHRA Division Two next week. Whoa, hey, let's get out of the groove just a little bit today um, and bring on a special guest. Um, he is your 2017 Top Dragster World Champion. He's your 2000 BM Bracket National Champion. Um, he has won divisional events, 15 divisional events in four different classes. He's won the U.S. Nationals in Superstock and most recently in super comp last weekend he also has the coolest name in drag racing welcome to the show the pirate lynn ellison lynn how are you today i'm doing great rex thanks so much for having me on and you make it sound like i'm uh, i'm actually decent at this stuff sometimes <laughs> uh decent is an incredible understatement um to i mean you've won at essentially every car you've ever gotten into you have over 200 bracket racing wins to your name how does how do you get to this point i mean take us back how did you start in this thing and did you ever think you were going to have the type of success you had when you first buckled in well to answer your last question no i had no idea um it's been an incredible ride and it's been a long ride so it's not just happened over a course of a few years but now i'm i grew up in a really small town in central city kentucky and my dad's the local barber there and uh it's coal mining country and unfortunately the the normal central cityian would leave high school go work at coal mines and be broken down um the way the coal mines do you but by the time you get old and sure. that wasn't a uh, a path i really wanted to choose and so I shined shoes in my dad's barbershop, and for some reason he liked race cars and uh, always had a cool car and got National Dragster. Well, again, you got to remember this is in the late 70s, early 80s as a kid, and around here women didn't have high heel shoes. We're in rural Kentucky, so I get these National Dragsters with pictures of uh, trophy girls and guys <laughs> in cool cars, right. and the girls wearing high heel shoes, and they were getting trophies. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do that. And so that's how I fell in love with drag racing and got out of here. My dad had a, a super gas Corvette bracket, super gas Corvette when it just started happening. And um, started driving that and cut my teeth around here, bracket racing, and um, won a points race actually in 1982 or three in super gas. Um, before I graduated high school and, um, then it kind of snowballed from there. And we went back then music city raceway was like the epitome of sports and racing. They had combo one, which was basically stock, super stock and comp running off the index was like competition eliminator. And combo two was like all the other, any, any of those three classes. 
running bracket style, and then they had super gas, and they'd literally have 30, 40 cars in each category, and it was just a hotbed. And back then, if you could win at Music City, you could win anywhere. It was really, really awesome. So started doing that, and um, somehow went to college so I wouldn't have to go to work so I could keep racing, and uh, made enough money to eat ramen noodles and Pringles like every other college student, and anyway... Woke up one day and here I am. So kind of a cool ride. <laughs> it, an incredibly cool ride. And um, uh, at some point, um, you got the greatest nickname ever, the Pirate. How did how did that come about? Um, I love Pro Mods. They are my favorite class, and I don't have enough money to run one, and I'm too scared to drive one. <laughs> but I think they're cool. And um, so... We were building a new top dragster, and when the fa- when top dragster was kind of coming to the, um, coming to NHRA like in the around 2010 or something, and I wanted to do a theme car because I always thought they were cool, and we were kind of come up with a name, and um, the pirate kind of stuck. So we did a pirate theme car with a and and it really stuck, and it's it's been great, and. Um, you know, and and that's legit the reason. I just wanted something that, the, uh, as close to a pro mod as I could. So that's that's what we did, and it just worked for us. It it clearly has worked. And sidebar, um, have you ever been to the Pirate Fest in Tampa Bay in uh, late January? I have not, because usually my wife and I go to J- to uh, Jamaica in January. That's our slow time in our business, but. I would love to go. I, I know some people that have been and said it's been a great time. Have you been? I, I absolutely have, and I'm going to tell all our listeners right now, um, you have to be in Tampa Bay at the uh, the last weekend in January every year. And if you're racing, that's great because they've got the U.S. Street Nationals at Bradenton that same weekend. That's great. Go race. Or you can go and just go to the Gasparilla Pirate Fest in Tampa Bay. It is an incredible party. Um, Lynn, I will tell you and everybody else that uh, there are 400,000 people dressed up as pirates. Um, it's a good time. There's probably more fishnet there than most fishermen have ever seen in their lives. And uh, it right. is a really, really good time. So uh, Great. I, count me in as wanting to be there as opposed to the races. <laughs> I can tell you that. Any, no matter what race is going on, I'd rather be there. Yeah, it's a it's it's a good time to be, I think, in West Florida. So uh, we'll we'll put that on our our agenda for 2020 for sure. But uh, let's uh, maybe reel this thing back just a little bit. And um, you just came off winning Indy Super Comp, um, that and you've won in Indy before. Tell us a little bit about that experience and what all that means to you. You know, I, I don't want to. I actually don't know how to do it, how to describe it. When uh, they did the Arctic National Dragster called me when I won it in 2012, and always, and I told them I've always thought that I was a decent racer, but um, to win Indy just changes it. And I, and it's one thing to win Indy once, and I don't know how we won Indy again. I mean, I've been there, hadn't been there. But three times in the 2000s, I went in 12 and I won Superstock. I went back in 13 and won class 
man, Alvy let me drive his car. What a great car that is. And uh, then I hadn't been back. And we were at a, my, we're, we're wanting, we bought a new super gas roadster or used one. And my dad wanted to go. My dad's uh, Raymond Ellison's getting, he's getting up in the years and he wanted to go to Indy. And I'm like, we're going to Indy. So didn't really think anything about it. If this car didn't run good, we wasn't going to go. And then my buddy, uh, Brian Horton, who's our car chief and, um, Madison drives his car all the time. He's great. He's been instrumental in our championship. We, uh, we went to pick the car because he had to go get it in Canada. It was a long way away. So then we had to go to, uh, Walbridge, Ohio, right outside of Toledo. And, uh, so my wife and Shannon and myself and Brian were at the Walbridge nightclub and we were having a cocktail and he says, I want to go to Indy. And I'm like, well, if you want to go to Indy and my dad wants to go to Indy, guess what? We're going to Indy. So I hadn't been in a car. Yes. I went to one bracket race this year and hadn't been in a car all year. And we uh, went to the Bowling Green Points race the weekend before, and my super gas car ran good. And Madison did good in his car. And we went to Indy, and, man, it just all worked out. And I drove pretty decent, and the car was really good. And, honestly, the brakes fell my way. Um, I, I could have had a round three mar- mar- matchup with uh, Gary Stinnett. He lost to a really good racer. I won a close race in round three at nine cars. We had to buy. Edmund and uh, Luke were still in. I'm not discounting anybody else, but those two names. <laughs> the, I guess I just mentioned the three best names in For Super sure. Cup, in my opinion, yeah. and, and ever. And um, and they fell at at the round of nine and it's and not that I'm any better than anybody else, but all of a sudden I felt like we were at least on equal footing with everybody else. Um, and, um, so the brakes just fell, but I, I am beyond blessed, beyond humbled and don't know how to describe it. Winning any once is cool. And if you had told a, 18-year-old Lynn Ellison that he'd win Indy twice, I'd have laughed. But, um, you know, we've got a great crew, and and uh, it's been a great ride, and I'm just lucky. It's it's really, really awesome. It's a long race, but it's an awesome race, too. Yeah. Uh, when you, you finish up there on Monday night after a lot of people have rolled in the Sunday before, I mean, it is, it's a battle of attrition in a lot of ways that way, too. It, it really is, and the parking – was a a problem this year they i think what happened is they didn't actually look at how many cars were going to be there but um you know you got 903 cars so let's do a little math i'd say 60 percent of 50 percent of them somewhere in that neighborhood have two cars in them so all of a sudden you got 600 rigs plus right to park and it's just i mean it it, where are you going to put I mean, what other uh, facility could even handle it? So, right. but anyway, they got it done. We were literally parked at the gate on the other side, on the pro side. So we really had a long way to go, but it turned out to be a fine parking place. And, uh, you know, that almost suits me a little better. When people get round robin, they kind of get in a rhythm. And I'm really good at going out, um, running one round a day or running two rounds a day and be able to focus that five minutes and being able to dial the car, really look at the weather. My wife's great. I'd 
I'd argue that she's the best race um, strategist out there. She really knows what who we're running, what the race is going to look like, what we need to dial, what they've been doing, what the track's going to do, what the car's going to do. She's just an instrumental help. My wife Shannon is, and uh, she really had us dialed in. I think the car made 10 runs and lit the board up six times, 890, and was going uh, 92 of the other times during elimination. So, I mean, it was it was really on. That's very impressive. Very impressive. Um, well, Lynn, so you win that. You've, you've kind of feels like old hat now. Just go to Indy, win Indy, you know, do whatever. Um, of course, I'm joking with that, but uh, you, you've right. certainly done it um, in in a lot of classes now. Um, you got anything else on your bucket list that you you want to get into a car and and tackle a class? You've mentioned Pro Mod before. Is that uh, something you're interested in? Though, I've, yeah, if I had enough money, I'd <laughs> I'd own one and try to tune one and make Madison drive it, make my daughter Madison drive it. I wouldn't drive the stupid thing. Those things are too fast. <laughs> but but um, no, I I would like to make a pass in one, but um, I wouldn't. I. I'm getting too old that I don't want to fight the fight anymore. I, I wouldn't. I'm just one of those things. I really like sportsman racing. I still love super gas. I still love super comp ish. I like super gas way better. Um, and I like super stock. So I guess if I had a, a, and I like top dragster and top sportsman, it's just getting too much work. Those, the top dragster, top sportsman stuff is just a lot of work. And, uh, I'm getting to the point where I want to have more fun than work. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, well, outside of racing then, because you, you've mentioned that, um, you know, that is work and we all get that. But uh, outside of racing, what keeps you busy? Uh, great family. Um, I'm married, been married for, uh, proud to say, for 26 years. And the best thing I've ever done was uh, marry Shannon and – uh, we have a lot of fun, still laugh together, still take vacations together, and uh, need to take more of those. But my wife, my wife, uh, have a lot of fun with her. Madison and Mallory um, got two daughters, and they both graduated. Uh, Madison graduated from West Kentucky University, and now has a great job, lives in Louisville. I'm still a little heartbroken over that, but I'm proud of her. Um, my other daughter, Mallory, she just graduated uh, from. Um, cosmetology school has a great job doing good there so then we all we have four liquor stores called the liquor stop and we have about 30 employees so okay that's always fun and uh then uh with scott lemon we have a company called uh, drag race solution which started out as collectortethers.com we have the patent on the collector tether and we have a lot of other cool what we look is just cool stuff for race cars like we have a uh, a just-in-time button that revolution if you don't have a comp car or if you have a comp car and you don't have a just-in-time button in it or a super stock car or a bottom bulb car you're leaving reaction time on the table and being able to be better uh craig bourgeois won the world championship with our button um the list goes on and on about people with our button but that button's really good and uh so we have a lot of other cool stuff water next cooler system anything that's a niche that's a cool a cool racer really hardcore racer stuff that's what we look for and uh, that's a lot of fun you get at the jags and summit or collectortethers.com but um the the what i've really been focusing on mainly mainly is family and uh, enjoying myself like i said i hadn't raced much this year and i've missed it some but um 
it's been nice seeing my kids grow up and and having fun. So, but yeah. I've, so, but top dragster and top sportsman. You want to talk about that for a minute? Or absolutely, that is what we do. And I knew you'd have some thoughts on the current state of uh, both those classes. I don't know that they've ever been in a better state, um, in my opinion. And I got out of it because we're not running top dragster right now because it's just too much work. We had two nitrous top dragsters. And all we did was work on them from the time we got there until the time we left. And it was just, it really wore on me. And we really raced hard for the last three years. And my daughter, Madison, um, worked as hard. She she knows as much about it as anybody. She can change a transmission, change an engine, spark plugs, you name it. She's does it. But, um, and Shannon goes with us all the time, Brian Horton, and we just worked our rear ends in the ground and, and we love it, and it was fruitful, and we won a lot of races. And uh, But right now, I mean, we were having record fields. What If you didn't like top dragster at Indy, you're not a drag racer. I mean, <laughs> 610 to 623, what an awesome, awesome job by those guys and gals. Um, the top sportsman bump was 670-something. Um, you know, it's really in a good state. The manufacturers are doing a good job with it the pro charger and the vortex uh superchargers the roots blowers now i mean you've almost gone they've almost in top dragster kind of gotten rid of nitrous cars just because of the nature of the beast um but it's not that expensive it is expensive but you can call oakley par steve schmidt sunset Rollo competition engine, the list goes on and on. Order a 540 Pro Charger. Um, call Danny Nelson, get you a car. AP, call APD, and you're going six O's, and it's not as much as you would think. And right. uh, so I think that's good. I think the top sportsman field is really doing good. Um, they're really going they don't it seems that they haven't got the pro chargers over there yet but they're coming um i think it's cool i i think nhra's probably doesn't know how to handle it because pro stock is kind of not looking as good now even i mean i like fast cars and top sportsman's cars were faster than pro stock cars so um I don't know what they need to do, but it looks like it's good to me. What about you? What's your thoughts? Well, they, I'm glad you asked. Um, um, yeah, what I think they're going to have to do, and this is maybe new to some people that don't listen to me talk all the time, but um, I think they're going to have to dial it back to a 1,000 foot and, and let them on cork for the top dragsters and make it look different than top or uh, pro stock because if you're a fan to your point if you're a fan and you watched all these top sportsman cars go down the track and you know the bump was 673 for a 32 car field and it was a 660 something for pro stock for a 16 car field like it those like to your point pro charge cars and big inch motor cars they sound different than the pro stock cars and and to a lot of minds better and so i think you got to change it somehow and i don't 
know exactly, but my initial thought is maybe a thousand foot. And I, that may be really torque some people off. They may not want to shorten the track, but in my mind, you can let them uncork it, make the runs look different, and you can unsettle pro stock that way a little bit. That, that's a, a valid point and um, a thought I hadn't really thought about, but, and you're right, but, uh, you know, getting back to your point uh, Dude, a pro the top sportsman cars are just so cool. Watch, I'd way rather watch top sportsman qualify than pro stock. I mean, yeah, but yep. they get out of the groove. They shake the tires. I mean, <laughs> right? It, it's it's a cool, cool. You got to know how to tune a car. I mean, not that you don't have to. It's obvious a really fine line on tuning a pro stock. I don't take anything away from from that. But man, there's a lot of tuning that goes into these cars, and to get them to go fast, and you know. Lester Johnson car goes six ten. It just and sounds it's the loudest car on the property. I mean, it's crazy loud. And uh and then all the nitrous cars that have got to go sub one second sixty foot to make a good run. I mean, it's really cool. It's um uh, and and there's arguments that you need to do sixty four cars so the slower guys can get in and I don't know that that's the what the classes were made for. I mean, no, the classes are made. If you want to, you want to run fast, you can run fast. And, and if you don't want to spend the money and do the work, like I'm at right now, then super gas, super comps, a great place to be. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Rob, we're going to tag him. We're going to certify, uh, the pirate right now. So, uh, Lynn, come back and continue this discussion some other time. Uh, thanks so much for coming on appreciate your thoughts and uh yeah um come back another time and we'll we'll keep this thing going because i think uh we're on to something and uh but but uh you you just let me know anytime and i'm available i'll work with you anytime i can man i can be i'll be a i'll be your uh your co-host every couple of months or something (laughs) i like it i like it we can argue about anything okay (laughs) there we go guys girls that was the pirate lynn ellison if you need him as we hit the mile per hour uh marker i want to talk a little bit about uh hot rods drag week and how awesome that is as we record this episode drag week is at atco today um, what they do, obviously, is they start at BMP, then they go to Cecil County, then they go to ATCO, which is today, as we always release on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, then they go to MIR, and then they go back to Virginia Motorsports Park on Friday. And I think Hot Rods Drag Week is one of the most awesome things that happens in all of drag racing. I've seen it. I've, I've watched them, these guys, uh make their trek, pull into the track, and then turn their tow rigs into pro mods in about 45 minutes. It's ridiculous. It's unreal. And maybe the epitome of all of hot rodding. Um, What I like is it's a lot like fast bracket racing in that there are really two challenges to it. Obviously, on the fast bracket side, you got to qualify first, and then you've got to get consistent. Um, But the for drag week you've got to go fast to win your class um but then you've got to make the car reliable enough to make it through rush hour traffic and deal with soccer moms who are instagramming themselves picking up johnny in the drop-off lane um listen 
there are some things that you have to do and there are some bucket list type adventures in life. And to me, this is one of them. Uh, God love all those guys competing in drag race this week and stay safe. All right, let's take the stripe here, guys, girls. That is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 22. As we cross the stripe, we look up. There it is. There's the wind light. Producer Rob is playing Gloria. All is right in the world. Let me ask you this. Does anybody else hear that when they see the wind light in the car? I actually did. I'm going to tell you. Um, and had I made it to the finish line in my last event, uh, I would have sang it myself for all of you guys on the show. I would have belted it out. Uh, but when you go upside down, all you hear is Diana Ross. It's not great. Um, but uh, it was not to be that round. So, um, you know, when I'm turning the car upside down, hoping it didn't catch fire, I was happy. Um, hey, thanks to Danny Nelson and Lynn Ellison for coming on. They were great. Next week, we will get you updated on the results, the points updates, and always the best drivers in tech talk. Uh, tell your like-minded fast bracket friends about the show. Continue to get the word out and welcome them to Fast Brackets Nation. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. Oh, you got jokes. You're, you're a funny guy today, Rob. That's your thing. You're funny. Nice. 